Hello! And welcome to a very special episode of Televisionary, the podcast about the shows that shaped us. I'm Elena Hillard. And I am Cody Hoffman. And we are coming to you live. <laughs> live. Not really. <laughs> whenever live, whenever you're listening. Eighteen hours after the Emmys. <laughs> it, not even eighteen. It's like what? Well, they ended around a little after eleven Eastern. So we're like twenty hours after the Emmys concluded. I have to say, I actually really liked the Emmys this year. I did too. I thought it was one of the more fun telecasts they've had in recent memory. Definitely. It just kind of had like a a loose vibe. (laughs) And I'm sure that things were not loose behind the scenes with all of the COVID protocols. But on screen, I felt like it translated to like a, a little more fun, not quite as stuffy as the Emmy sometimes can be. Yeah, that was one thing I was thinking of, like, just how much the Emmys have changed over the course of our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, watching it as a kid and, like, they would really, I feel like for the longest time, like, people would announce, like, every single part of it. There would be so many presenters. And I feel like they've really gotten away from that with just having, like, the announcer read the nominees and everything. It just feels like a lot more streamlined, which maybe would make it feel worse to win now, because, like, it wouldn't feel as special, maybe, but uh, it's definitely nicer to watch. No, I I mean, I feel like all of the winners probably still appreciated winning, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I liked that they just had the announcer reading the nominees and then had the presenter come out. Like, that was a little bit different, and I felt like it kept the show moving a little bit faster, and it wasn't quite as, I don't know, like... There wasn't as much dead time where it's just, Mm -hmm. like, people walking across the stage. And the stage was smaller, for one thing, too. So it wasn't, like, like they would have the presenter standing there in a corner of the stage and just walk over to the microphone. And I think that all of that made for, like, more energy, I think. There's not as much, like, wasted space and time for people to just get to where they need to go on stage and stuff. Yeah. I also really like Cedric the Entertainer as a host because he was largely absent for most of the show. <laughs> I agree with that. He, he, I actually, toward the end of the episode, or the episode, toward the end of the show last night, I had completely forgotten that there even was a host. <laughs> yeah, so that's how it felt. I, he came out at the end and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. He was the host of this. <laughs> But I I like that when a host doesn't get, like, so involved. I mean, he had a couple of sketches and stuff, but those were forgivable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well. Well. Uh, I have a lot of notes. I don't know if you took notes. I did. So this is, this was probably stupid of me. But as I sat down to take notes earlier today, I wrote down everything that I wanted to talk about on a three by five index card <laughs> instead of like on my computer. And I don't know why I did that. I have no clue why I thought this was a good idea, but I ran out of space so fast on this. And <laughs> it was. <laughs> you thought just you real were dumb. writing your acceptance speech. 
I guess that like, was it. Yeah. <laughs> you were inspired. Uh-huh. Well, uh, what what do you got for me? Well, I think we could probably just start off with a recap of the night's big winners. And, you know, just in case anyone didn't watch the Emmys. 16% more people watched this year than last year. Oh, did they? I didn't even look at the ratings. Yeah, wow. I did. I, 7.9 million or something like that. Well, that might be a, a testament that award shows can bounce back after they all plummeted <laughs> to yeah. terrible depths during the pandemic. But yeah, I I guess I'm not surprised by that. It seemed like there was more, uh, a little more excitement behind the Emmys this year because it was a live telecast and it really was the, I don't, uh, not the first, but one of the first live award shows with like a full audience, you know, yeah. like the Oscars did theirs live and you know, had everyone spread out and everything, but that just kind of felt different. I like it was clearly a different kind of Oscars than they had ever done. And the Emmys didn't feel that different, except that people were at tables instead of in a theater, which yeah. I think also helped with the, the energy of it. Like it seemed like people were having more fun because they could just mingle more easily and stuff. Anyway, the actual awards. Now let's talk about yes. that. So the big winners of the night, the most awards went to The Crown and The Queen's Gambit. Each won 11 Emmys total this year. The Crown incidentally won seven Emmys on the telecast. So there are seven drama series Emmys each year, seven comedy series Emmys each year. The Crown is only the second show ever to win all seven of the Emmys in its genre in one night. That's crazy. Yeah, the only other show to do it was last year when Schitt's Creek won all of the comedy oh, awards in wow. one night. Yeah. I also saw today that it's the first time two different people have won for playing the same role in the same series. Yes. Because uh, Claire Foy had won. Claire Foy. And then Olivia Coleman won for playing Queen Elizabeth at an older age. Right. So kudos to them. One thing that I wanted to make note of, though, was out of... The shows that were the biggest winners, which were The Crown, Queen's Gambit, Ted Lasso, which won seven awards, The Mandalorian won seven behind-the-scenes kind of awards. But anyway, out of all of those shows with a lot of prominence, they were mostly all pretty white, and that was <laughs> reflected in the acting winners. There were yeah. zero people of color who won for acting on the TV ceremony this year, which is unfortunate because I think, if I remember right, there was actually a record number of nominees, nominees of color for acting. So for none of them to win is like, yeah, have we really made any progress? Probably not. <laughs> like the Emmys have always been like pretty whitewashed, but it's like, it, it clearly has not gotten that much better. I definitely started to feel that way. It was like, Kate Winslet, Hugh and McGregor, then like all the people from The Crown that like I don't care about. But as you were saying that, I thought you were going to say something completely different, which is that the majority of winners were shows that were on streaming networks, with the exception yes. of like what Mayor of Easttown was on HBO mm -hmm. and got a few awards. But I thought I thought that was what you were going to bring up. Well, I was going to mention that at one point that this was the first year that streaming originals won all of the Outstanding Comedy, Drama, and Limited Series awards. So you had Comedy, Ted Lasso, which is on Apple+, Plus, Drama, The Crown on Netflix, and Queen's Gambit on Netflix. There was only one win on the ceremony Sunday night 
for a broadcast network, and that was for SNL. Mm -hmm. That's true of last year, too. SNL was the only broadcast show to win on the telecast. Uh, sorry. I had to flip over my index card to find the other <laughs> next point that I was trying to make. But I thought this was interesting, too. Uh, going down through the networks and the total number of Emmys they won. Netflix won 44. HBO won 16. So that's a huge gap. And then three for HBO Max. All from Hacks, a show we have talked about. Disney Plus had 14 wins. Apple TV Plus had 10 wins. And there were zero wins at all this year for Hulu or for Amazon. Which oh, wow. I found pretty interesting because both of them have won outstanding series awards for shows before hulu won for handmaid's tale in its first season and amazon had marvelous mrs Maisel and fleabag that both won outstanding comedy mm -hmm. series so to get no wins at all especially in a year that where hulu had handmaid's tale nominated it got 21 yeah. nominations this year and not a single win that's kind of crazy that is kind of crazy. Especially because I think Handmaid's Tale had one of their better seasons. Like It was probably my favorite season. I still haven't watched. It, like, the first season was excellent, I think. And then the second and third, it was like, they were really trying to figure out where does the show go? And I feel like it mm -hmm. went to places that were, like, not as great. But the fourth, they really started to, like bring it around a little bit more things started to feel more cohesive to me anyway so i expected it to at least win something but i had a moment while i was watching the show where i realized there are so many things that i need to watch like mm. i haven't watched handmaid's tale i watched the first episode of the queen's gambit liked it but i was like i'm not ready to do this right now so i just <laughs> didn't watch anymore and mm -hmm. then even um ted lasso which i kind of mm. just want to wait till it's over now because i hear it might only have three seasons so it's like oh, eh, really? might as well yeah that's what i heard mm. from someone at work not like an industry insider <laughs> or anything but yeah i also i kind of want to watch it may destroy or i may destroy you but so i had watched the first episode last year sometime and i liked it but i just wasn't sure i was in the mood for it so i didn't continue watching and after last night something just struck me and i mm -hmm. decided to start watching it again today <laughs> and i watched three episodes actually wow. today and i definitely am into it now like it's definitely a different kind of show than I have seen before. And I appreciate it a lot. And I am eager to see where it ends up going. Maybe I will do a little mini-sode or something on it at some point. Who knows if I Ooh. like the rest of it. Sorry, I keep taking us off topic. What else do you have that oh. <laughs> you want to hit on? So I did want to mention there were some important moments for inclusion, I think, in many ways, mm -hmm. RuPaul became the most awarded person of color in Emmy history last Yay! night, winning his 11th Emmy as a, an executive producer of RuPaul's Drag Race. Also, I'm not 100% sure this is th true because I didn't look through all of the Emmy archives, but just based on the short amount of research I did do, I believe last night was the first time that women won the Emmys for directing both comedy series and drama series oh wow so yeah lucia aniello won for directing what's hacks. it called hacks <laughs> yes <laughs> hacks. and drama series was who was i didn't write that down i should look that up 
Oh yes, Variety has confirmed it in an article. Women take top comedy and drama series directing Emmys for the first time. Jessica Hobbs won for directing the fourth season finale of The Crown. So Mm -hmm. also, Jean Smart became the oldest winner of lead actress in a comedy series at 69 years old. Hmm. The previous record was set by Catherine O'Hara just last year when she at 66 won for Schitt's Creek. I'm sure she's fuming about having lost that record. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Just like Betty White must be fuming, because Jean Smart is also now the second person ever, um, behind only Betty White, to win Emmys in the lead, supporting, and guest comedy acting categories. Ah! Yeah. Fun little tidbit there for you. (laughs) I think that was all of the, like, superlatives that I wanted to note, but there were a couple of other things that stood out to me. So they saved the limited series, outstanding limited series category for last. I was going to bring this up. I was going to say, it hasn't always been like that, right? It usually ends on drama. Right. Yeah. Outstanding drama series has always been the last award they gave out. I mean, limited series was anticipated. You had Queen's Gambit and Mayor of Easttown and I May Destroy You. Like, there were some high profile projects there, but I... I don't know if they just kind of knew that it was going to be a runaway for the crown, well, so it was, like, not as exciting to save it for last. I had kind of two thoughts about this. Like, my first thought was, like, going back to our American Horror Story episode, where we really talked about how, like, limited series and anthology series are, like, it's some of the best content on TV right now. So I wondered if they just sort of saw that shift in, like, the industry over the past few years and decided to, like, honor that one last. But then my other thought was, so I forgot that limited series hadn't been announced already. So I saw comedy and then they did drama series. And in my brain, I was like, oh, they should have ended on comedy because like the only series that were really relevant, I felt like last year were the comedy series, like the drama nominees. There were shows like The Boys, like what? How did (laughs) Uh that get an Emmy nomination? Like it was it was kind of strange and like nothing really stood out and like The Crown just isn't exciting. (laughs) And then they ended on anthology series and I was like, okay, so maybe that was their way of just not ending on like kind of a lackluster category. But I'm kind of I don't know. I'm kind of leaning toward my first thought, which is that maybe it will just continue to be the ultimate award of the night or whatever, because limited series, anthology series are just more interesting right now for TV. Yeah, it definitely could be. I do feel like this year there was a notable lack of good content, (laughs) to put it uh, in a more crass way or unkind way towards some shows. But I I actually looked into this. The number of shows that were submitted for Outstanding, Dra- Outstanding Drama Series and Outstanding Comedy Series was down 30% last year over the previous year. That makes sense. And a lot of shows that were previously nominated did not return this year. For example, only three of the dramas that were nominated last year for Outstanding Drama Series released a new season during the eligibility period, and only one comedy series. Wow. So, like, you had a whole new slate of nominees and not as many to choose from to begin with. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's not surprising that you end up with like Cobra Kai and Emily in Paris as comedy series nominees when you have to fill those eight spots. I feel like the Emmys would have been smart to just like take this series categories down to like 
six or seven at least, and not have to fill those extra spots that they had created as there were more and more, you know, series being created. Because, like, years ago, ten years ago, you only had five or six, but you also didn't have as much competition because there weren't as many shows being produced. So... I feel like this year would have warranted an exception on the number just to make them feel a little bit more exclusive (laughs) and to highlight the shows that truly deserved it a little more. But I don't know. At least the correct shows won. I think, like, no one can argue that The Crown was the best drama in that batch. And, um, like, Ted Lasso and Hacks were, like, easily the two best, I would say, on the comedy series side. So I kept getting confused. I feel like I keep saying I was confused the whole time I was watching, but I kept getting confused by the flight attendant. Like, I keep forgetting Mm. that that's a comedy. It really doesn't seem like it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing about it looks like it's a comedy series. I don't know. Uh, If I wanted to watch it, then I would see if HBO Max is really lying to me whenever they say it's a comedy. (laughs) But I just... I don't even think I would like it if it was promoted as a drama anyway, so I'm just not going to spend my uh, yeah. time on it. But I also feel confused by Kaylee Cuoco. Is that that's her name, right? Yeah. The lead actress in it. Because I just don't know if I think she's like a good actress, but I think that she's very like likable. Like uh-huh. I like to see her and I appreciate her, but like she kind of baffles me a little bit. And now I feel like I should watch the flight attendant to maybe get some answers to both of these confusing questions I have. Well, I mean, if you do, please fill us in on your thoughts, <laughs> because I feel like it's not the kind of show that got like a ton of buzz. I feel like HBO mm-hmm. Max has tried to generate it and I don't see anyone really ever talking about it. I don't even know if it's getting a second mm-hmm. season. I don't think I've heard anything either way. Anyway, it got nominations, so it could be, I guess. But yeah. look at Lovecraft Country that got a ton of nominations and Uh-oh. got canceled. I had another kind of question for you. So Hamilton got a lot of nominations and yeah. won for pre-recorded variety special. My remembering that category correctly i believe that was it yeah i feel like it shouldn't have been nominated i agree i don't think you can justifiably call it a or was it was it pre-recorded no it wasn't pre-recorded special was it was it movie hold on it might have been movie regardless of what it was cody's getting confirmation it just feels like how can you say, like, I mean, I know there was more to it than this, but it just feels like pointing a camera at a stage production of something is a little bit different than crafting something specifically for TV. And it didn't really look like they did that to me. I it agree. just looked like the stage performance recorded. Yeah, it was the Emmy for Outstanding Variety special pre recorded. But you also had nominees for acting in the limit series anthology series or tv movie category from hamilton which also right i don't know it just it feels wacky and it feels like just a way that it was a clear play by disney plus to get some extra nominations for themselves and it should not have worked in my opinion it should not have been allowed to compete as something that that was not created for tv right 
It was in the same category as Bo Burnham's Inside, which was Mm -hmm. something so specifically produced Mm -hmm. in a way for like this category. Like I just that special, even though I didn't love every aspect of it, like was so wonderfully produced and put together and like exemplifies the best of that category, honestly. And then to have just like Hamilton win, it just felt bizarre to me. I agree. That's the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, and really that was the only thing of the night that stood out for me that felt like totally off the wall. <laughs> yeah, um, the only other thing that I was going to say was totally off the wall is um, Scott Frank, the man who won for directing The Queen's Gambit, uh, who <laughs> gave like a 14 hour long acceptance speech and tried to be all like cute and coy by saying you can turn that timer off i'm not paying any attention to it and then whips out his entire bible that he has written of an acceptance speech and reads all of it even though they tried to play him off with music three times and like just the audacity to think that anyone cares about you like like you can have debbie allen getting up to get her governor's award at like a lifetime achievement emmy award and she's saying turn that timer off i ain't paying no attention to it and everyone cheers and loves her for it because you know she's debbie allen and she's a legend like no one knows who you are scott frank no one came for you no one cares about what you have to say sorry like just say thank you to a couple of people and go sit down. Yeah, I was with him for, like, the first 30 seconds of him going and then bringing the music in because, like, I do feel like a lot of the times they will bring, especially if you're, like, not an actor. Mm -hmm. I don't know this. I haven't actually timed this out, but I think that they sometimes tend to play you off a little early because, like you said, no one really cares. You're behind the camera. You're not a celebrity. (laughs) Uh, So you get played off. And, like, I, I do... The music is bothersome to me at times because a lot of the time it comes on as people are obviously just reaching the end of what they're going to say anyway and it feels kind of rude so i was with him in theory and in the beginning of it i was like yes okay like let everyone say what they have to say but then i realized it was a three page thing he had written out it was three pages and it went on way too long like i don't what did he win for directing writing directing oh directing okay yeah All right, because I was going to say, if he was a writer, this would be even more inexcusable (laughs) that he hadn't edited himself down. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, that was that was crazy. I've been seeing a lot of people online today, like just really coming for (laughs) that guy. He'll never work again. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy that Emmy while it lasts. What else did I want to bring up? I thought that I was really okay. I was very happy that. Evan Peters won for Mayor of Easttown. I don't know if you watched. I haven't yet, but I intend to. I think that it was his best performance I've ever seen him do. And I've, I mean, I've really only seen him in American Horror Story, but he does quite a variety of things in that show. Mm-hmm. And he was so different in Mayor of Easttown and so adult, but he was so sweaty. I don't know <laughs> if you noticed that. He looked really bad. I didn't notice his sweat but I'll take your word for it. You should look it up. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I also had a note down for you to bring up. So America Ferreira did a little thing and it reminded me of how much you loved Ugly Betty. I was a huge Ugly Betty fan back in the day. (laughs) Although I had stopped watching by the end. Um, I think I only watched like the first three seasons and it had four. Yeah, I was a, I was an early believer in Ugly Betty. (laughs) And I set about trying to convince all of my friends that they needed to watch this show. I went about mentioning it on Scholastic Scrimmage, the uh, television quiz show (laughs) run by our local PBS station. And like I was asked about what fictional character I like the most, and it was the year that Ugly Betty had premiered, so I said Ugly Betty, and that was the question that they chose to ask me about on the show in the, you know, contestant interview part, and I just said that I think she is a good role model to never give up despite the I barriers that people try that. to put up for you and the ways that they try to tell you you're not good enough or that you don't belong, and I... Stand by that choice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And America Friera won the Emmy that year. She did. Mm -hmm. Because they announced her as an Emmy winner, and I was like, what else has she won for? It had to be Ugly Betty. It was. So I think that was all that I really wanted to mention about the Emmys. Did you have anything else in mind? We've gotten through everything on my index card. Okay. Well, to... (sighs) I have a lot written down, but I don't know how much it is worth Uh, talking about. I really did like the opening a lot. mm -hmm. I liked the little tribute to Bismarck Key because he died and that was nice. It was nice that he died? How dare you? No! Oh my, I would never (laughs) speak ill of Bismarck Key. (laughs) I actually love two Bismarck Key songs, which is one more than most people. (laughs) I can't say that I... even realized that was a Bismarcky tribute. <laughs> oh my gosh, just a friend. It's... I'm going to be honest, I was not like paying super close attention because I was just finishing up dinner as uh, I was watching, but wow. I did notice when Rita Wilson started rapping. That was fun. She did a good job. <laughs> she did. She's a talented woman. She is. I also had never heard of the Amber Ruffin show. Oh, it is a Peacock original. So, yeah, Amber Ruffin was a writer on Late Night with Seth Meyers and would come on quite a bit to do, like, little bits and stuff that were always really funny and astute. And so they gave her her own show on Peacock, which is pretty cool. Well, maybe if I ever get a free trial to Peacock, I will check it out. You know, I do have Peacock, actually, because I have it. I have Xfinity Cable, and it comes free with that. I feel like you've mentioned that so many times on this podcast. Have I? (laughs) I honestly don't ever remember saying that on this podcast. (laughs) Well, maybe I cut it or something, but I swear. Or maybe I just tell you all the time in real life, and you think it's me mentioning it on the podcast. (laughs) Maybe. The lines do get a little blurry. (laughs) They do. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast is becoming us, and we are becoming the podcast. All right. Well, I guess that's everything I had. I don't know if this was entertaining or informative at all. I don't know if it was either, but we did it, and hopefully you enjoyed it. (laughs) And if you didn't, let us know, and we won't ever do it again. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to mention that, so this mini-sode will come out in a few days, and... 
it will this is our last week for a little while of releasing two episodes per week because survivor which will premiere tomorrow but for you guys will have already premiered is our last full episode of season one of televisionary so come back every friday for a mini-sode in the off season and we'll be back hopefully later this year with season two so yeah we've got some fun stuff i think planned for season two and for the off season as well with our mini-sodes so we aren't completely going away but hopefully you won't miss us too much in the time that we are gone we just need a break we need to catch our breath a little bit. Yeah. And <laughs> it has been crazy. It has. We've already re- started recording several episodes for season two, and we're very excited about it. So hopefully you all will be too, and will join us when we return. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. This has been a fun little recap, I guess. I think it was fun anyway. I think it was fun too. I had fun. Good. That's all that matters. Sorry, I keep burping. Uh, okay, well, all right. I'm Cody Hoffman. And I am Elena Hillard. And thank you so much for making our first season such a success in, in very relative terms. Let's be honest here. <laughs> thank you. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Televisionary. If you like what you heard, share this episode with a friend. You can follow us on Instagram at Televisionary Podcast, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Bye!